me out to the ball game. Take me out with the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and cracker jack. I don't care if I never get back. Let me root, root, root for the home team. If they don't win, it's a shame. For it's one, two, three strikes. You're out at the old ball game. Welcome to Slow Pitch podcast that either takes sports movies too seriously or perhaps not seriously enough we're your hosts sean williams and brad etherly two guys who consider watching sports movies a type of aerobic exercise today's episode is a review of the 1993 classic cool runnings um you, you said classic yeah <laughs> i i might have put it in that category two nights ago before I watched it. I don't know. I was, it was, it was, it was parts were rough. Parts were rough. Well, uh, you know, I, I've said that about all of our movies so far and, and we'll continue to do so, but you know, is air bud considered a classic? No, he's right. No. <laughs> Although when they have 17 sequels, well, yeah, I have to consider it. Yeah. We'll have to define what a classic is. I mean, because like if I went to someone on the street and I said air bud, they would know what I'm talking about. Same with cool running. So it's, yeah, it would, uh, these are popular movies um, that we're watching. Well, this came out, I think my, well, it would have been your junior year of high school too. And like you said, I don't know if, that was the last time you've seen it, but I did. The last time I saw this movie was in the theater. So uh, it's hard to believe that that was 27 years ago. <laughs> Holy crap. All right. Yeah. I got to go take some metamucil <laughs> or something. Uh, after Sign up for the that, AARP. After hearing that stat. Eey. Oh, man. <laughs> I gotta go, I'm, I'm going to go make myself a prune juice cocktail or something. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the last time I saw it was I, I don't think I saw it in the theater. I think I saw it like my brother and I rented it, and, and but it was in it was like right when it came out. And, and the reason we rented it right when it came out was because it was a John Candy movie. It's like yeah, it's like John Candy's in it. Spaceballs, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Why wouldn't we check out this movie? So uh, interesting that you said that. I think that in the last uh, episode, which was, I think, recorded six weeks ago, <laughs> we're not in any hurry here, is maybe we could rank our top three John Candy films. Mm. So why don't you why don't you take it away with your your top three? Oh, man. All right. Let me think uh, what he's I, like. I'm going to say Spaceballs is number three. Uncle Buck, number two. Planes, trains, and automobiles. Number one. Okay, that's that's a good list. I'm gonna yeah. waver a little bit from that. Spaceballs is awesome, but I'm going to put I'll put Uncle Buck at three. Planes, trains, and automobiles at number two. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I know. I'm funny. leaving. I'm leaving out. The Great Outdoors, which pains me. Yeah. Okay. That, that pains me. I think I know what you're going to say. Who's Harry Crumb? <laughs> yeah. Now, wait. Do you like that because of Annie Post? Is that is that why we like <laughs> Annie that? Potts? Or Annie Potts. Yeah. Sorry. Well, Annie Potts. I was getting her mixed up with uh, Mar- Marquee Post from Night yeah. Court. <laughs> well, they're... Yeah. <laughs> John Larroquette over here. Yeah. Um, no, I watched that movie with my brother 
like you said, on VHS, we probably rented it a hundred times. We could not stop laughing at that at that movie. <laughs> yeah. There's one scene where he he has like a whole bunch of money that's for like the, the ransom and mm-hmm. he's got like these big like it's a it's a large number of wads yeah. of of dollar bills and I think he's gotta have like a million or whatever. And so he takes one <laughs> takes one wad and thumbs through it up to his ear and he goes all there (laughs) (laughs) does it again all there third time one missing (laughs) (laughs) we just thought that was so hilarious yeah i i I saw that movie in the theater friend of mine and uh the health spa scene (laughs) i will not go into detail why it was so funny but let's say there's a fake beard involved and you just watch the movie and judge me how you will yeah i mean it's a classic to me now i will also say i was thinking about this this movie i was thinking about who's harry crumb and if you'll recall there is a very short scene of a horse racing track yeah uh, where he plays a jockey actually and so i'm thinking that it's eligible for the list (laughs) well let's put it on there let's put it on there no i I think that what we'll do probably is do some short short episodes that have things like top guns volleyball scene or the baseball scene and naked gun (laughs) horse racing scene and who's harry crumb things like that. So, yeah. Anyways, back to cool runnings. So yeah, 27 years ago, I can remember thinking, man, this is one of the funniest movies I've ever seen, <laughs> particularly Dougie Doug's character, character Senka. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he was a comedic genius. And <laughs> honestly, I'll say this, like there were times when I thought what he was doing was really funny, but there were a lot of times that I was like, come on, man, yeah. this well, is tedious. The thing that I remember laughing at in 1993 was there was a point where they're trying on their uh, bobsledding gear and <laughs> uh, John Candy, like he's putting on his helmet and John Candy, like, hits his helmet down as he's like giving some sort of inspirational speech or something. And yeah. And he goes, thanks coach. And, <laughs> and like, that was really funny to us at the time. I it did not get that kind of response from me. I was kind of like, Oh, interesting. Uh, this time. <laughs> so I did laugh and it probably wasn't even actually him, probably a stunt man, but I did laugh out loud when he was, he was line dancing in Calgary and <laughs> Uh, the fight broke out, and so he decides it's time for him to to join in and and kind of you know take up for his his buddies. And he he jumps off of a table and and he goes yeehaw. <laughs> and I just I don't know. I just thought that that was funny. Well, and and the the thing that one of the things that I was really aware of watching this movie that I was not aware of in the nineties was just how non Jamaican these guys are like, you know, they, they, they're doing the accent. They're all from Queens. Yeah. All from Queens. And you know, I'm listen, I'm not a, I, I have spent one week of my life in Jamaica. I'm by no means a expert, but yeah, just like there, there were certain scenes where they just, they seemed very American to me. So let's go to the very beginning of the movie. And the first person that is top bill is <laughs> Leon. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm thinking, okay, this guy thinks he is Madonna or Cher. And yeah. like he can get away with the one but like that's a bold move for a guy who is not really a well known actor. Well, and he I I think at this point he had played the role of Jesus in the Madonna Like a Prayer video. So maybe that gave him a little ego boost. Uh, Maybe it gave him some inspiration to go by the one name. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But then, yeah, so all the other guys are from, like, they're all from Queens. They're playing these Jamaicans. And Dougie Doug's characters, (laughs) first of all, they never explain two things. Dougie Doug's character, Sanka Coffee. That's, yeah. that's, that's what they give him <laughs> and as his name. And, and it's just like, it's we're supposed random. to take that. Yeah. And then the big guy is, he gives the name Yul Brenner. Yeah. And I think that they kind of allude to that he doesn't really, he's not the smartest guy. And so he's just heard this name and he thought it was a cool name. And so he took it on for himself. But not directly. They kind of allude to it when they're talking, when he's talking about living in Buckingham palace. And so you kind of like, to me, that was like yeah. the, the, Oh, he doesn't really understand who Yul Brenner is either. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that confused. I watched this with my wife and that confused both of us. We were like, wait, you'll wait, Yul Brenner. <laughs> what? Why? Cause they don't, they don't like explain it. They uh, don't explain it. Yeah. It's just, this guy has the name of a famous actor. Yeah, there was one other part that they didn't explain at all. And in just one line would have helped explain why this is important to Senka Coffee. But the Lucky Egg makes an appearance like five times, but they never explain like what makes it a Lucky Egg. And yeah. why, like, and, and so it's just another plot piece, but it, I mean... It would be nice to know like what exactly has happened in Senka Coffee's life that this egg is important to him. Yeah, it was just a device to where he didn't want to break it while he's in his bobsled. It, I, I mean, I don't want to like jump too far ahead, but there's so much in this movie that like this this movie should have have been two hours. I don't know what the running time is, but it would, so the running time is ninety eight minutes it needed at least a full two hours to just explain <laughs> a few things to us that, uh, was just so you wanted it longer. Okay. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess, I guess I did want it longer or I want some more explanation because like basically we, we enter these guys lives and this guy's a sprinter. He's dead yep. set on making the Olympics as a sprinter. He's been, we assume he's been training for months and months and months since he was a teenager to he might still be a teenager i don't know but he's been training for months or years to represent jamaica in the 1988 olympics as a sprinter he falls during a race and seemingly within 15 minutes he's over that and is now obsessed with being a bobsledder and he doesn't even know what bobsledding is and and yeah and so the, the the movie just rushes past things where you're like, wait, 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 what what just happened? Oh, okay, he's off that. He's now on the bobsledding. Okay, got it. The funny thing is, is that the person who trips him up is ends up on the bobsled team with him with Yul Brenner. So he's disqualified from the from the Olympics as a sprinter. Goes to like the Jamaica Olympic chairman guy who. Okay, so pause. 
Yeah. A couple weeks ago, you sent me a text of a video of the 1980s NBA, and it was of yeah. Larry Bird and, and the Celtics <laughs> having a fight with Bill Lambeer and Dennis Rodman's yep. Pistons. Yeah. And you claimed that uh, at some point, uh, an assistant coach with the, the Detroit Pistons shows up with a powdered wig on. <laughs> That's right. Yep. So far, so correct. Yeah. And so I watched it and sure enough, this man looks like he's wearing a powdered wig. And that was the first thing I thought about when I saw the Jamaican Olympic chairman uh, in his office, because he has this salt and pepper Afro that is not a huge Afro, but just, just big enough to where there's like separation between he's got like an afro mullet yeah but it's yeah, it's it's definitely a powdered wig variation some sagginess, some sagginess in it for sure and i just yeah i thought that guy was awesome <laughs> and it made me think of that video that you sent me which yeah. made me laugh yeah but then he sees this picture of his dad on the wall who was an olympic sprinter and uh some chalky white guy next to him uh, smiling and and so the chairman explains that this is a bobsledder who wanted to take Jamaican sprinters and make them into bobsledders as well. So immediately, without hesitation, what well, I mean, you're right. He doesn't even know what bobsledding is because he's like, I'm going to do this. And then he opens the door again and he goes, what's a bobsled? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's got his heart set on it. Uh, but yeah, but, so but then, why, but like, why does he have his heart set on? It? And that's where the, I, extra, that's where the extra 20 minutes <laughs> would be valuable. I, I guess I just took it as he was so set on becoming an Olympian. He didn't care what kind of sport it was. If he felt like he could do it, he was going to do it. Yeah. That's what I took away from it. But that coach ends up being John Candy several years later. Several pounds later. <laughs> Several pounds later, which John Candy, man, I mean, you just have to love him. Just seeing his face made me kind of sad, you know, in yeah. a way, just because we, this is the last real movie that he did. I think he did or was in the middle of shooting a movie called Canadian Bacon before he died. But this was like the real, the last one that he actually finished and was, was a part of before he died. And so it was great to see him. I love John Candy and I love watching his movies, but there was a scene and I'm jumping ahead, but there was a scene of him sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember this where they pan from his feet up and his feet are hanging out of the covers. Those feet were like bear paws, man. <laughs> they were huge. <laughs> And flat as somebody else we know. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. so he could have played the uh, bear in Great Outdoors. (laughs) Yes, he could have. But anyway, so he, by hook or by crook, is finagled into coaching these guys. He doesn't want to do it, but he... Oh, well, well, uh, let's just back up a little bit and let you know that... So this Leon guy, what was his name in the movie? Leon O. Darice uh, Bannock. Darice, that's right. Yeah. So Darice is like best friends with Sanka. Mm-hmm. Sanka. And Sanka is the Jamaican world push cart champion where they basically push wooden carts down a hill. Yeah. Another thing that they sort of establish in about three minutes. 
Oh yeah, yeah. So they're like best friends, and and so they decide that they're going to do this. They get John Candy to be the coach. Uh, they hold a a meeting for all comers to come and see what it's about. And sure enough, the the guy who tripped Darice and Yul Brenner in the qualifiers for the Olympics shows up along with Yul Brenner. The guy who tripped him is named Junior. And so they, they've got their four-man team, and they start training immediately <laughs> in, in Jamaica for this bobsled team. But as you said, they only trained for like a week in Jamaica. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I sent you, I sent you a text because – Mission to be a sprinter, all th- like three of the four guys who were in the bobsled. Mission to be a to be sprinters in the Olympics has been dashed. Now they're entering a sport that they've never heard of until now, and it seems like they do like two or three runs down a big hill in Jamaica, and then they're like, "We're ready to go. <laughs> we're ready to go to Calgary." Yeah, and it was funny. So they they go to Calgary and. They are at the airport and they walk outside the doors of the airport and it shows a little thermometer that shows that it's minus 25 and it's snowing. And, and of course, these guys from <laughs> Jamaica are freezing. So they show this little cut scene where Sanka Coffee puts on every single clothes, every single item of clothing he has to, to go back outside. But I, I got to tell you, moving up to Montana and having experienced, I think the worst we have felt is minus 41 with wind chill. Ooh, ooh. It's, uh, it really is. Once you get past like negative 10, it's all the same. It's crazy. Yeah. But Calgary is also only like four hours away from us. And that's crazy to me. <laughs> <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah, we could we could be in Calgary in four hours. Um, real quick, I I, I want to I don't want to derail us, but what you're going to want to Google um, <laughs> in terms of the Detroit Pistons head coach who has a powdered wig is oh, yeah, Dick, yeah. Dick Versace. Uh, the man is now 80 years old, but if you just do a quick <laughs> Google image search of Dick Versace, you will <laughs> you will see of which we speak. Uh, I am look. Oh gosh, Brad, I wish I could. I'm gonna sorry. I hate to derail us like this, but I am I am uh, texting you this photo that I'm looking at. <laughs> this is this is just tremendous. Like, and just to be the pedant that I am, I think that his name is actually pronounced Dick Versace. Versace. Okay, sorry, I was yeah. trying to get. It looks like Versace. You're trying to get your Italian. In. I was trying to be. I, uh, I was trying to be all cool with it, but uh, yeah, but that is amazing. So, uh, the picture I, <laughs> that I just sent Brad is it looks like he is wearing a wig because his sideburns are like black or, or dark. <laughs> but they're also close to his skin. Yeah, they're also close. And then he has this like nest. Stark. Yeah, the stark white nest on his head. <laughs> and this man was a professional NBA assistant coach. Like this is not. Oh, he was a professional NBA head coach as well. Yeah. It's just tremendous. Uh, this is unbelievable. Dick Versace. Dick Versace. Not yeah. Versace. Versace. Yeah. Pretty sure it's Versace because he used to be a head coach for the Pacers. And I back when I used to collect basketball cards and watch 50 Rockets games a year, 
I just remember him, his name yeah, uh, well, as a coach, but, but yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, he definitely looks like he could be a judge in an English court. <laughs> yeah. Parliament. He's running parliament. <laughs> yeah, oh yes. my goodness. Yeah. It's just tremendous. Seventeen. Yeah, Google, Google image this folks. This is unbelievable. Anyway, I've, I've distracted us. So they get to Calgary and they don't even have a bobsled. Oh, one thing I thought was hilarious is John Candy just goes to like this convention center to sign up for. <laughs> it's like the same sign up process like, as the karate kid. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, I kept thinking, I don't think that signing up for the uh, 1988 Winter Olympics was the same as uh, <laughs> signing up for classes in at Harding University in 1994. Yeah. but maybe it was Yeah, i'm here to sign up for the olympics we're we're gonna (laughs) you gotta go get your haircut before you come (laughs) yeah yeah that's our our, the school that we went to had stringent hair policies yeah dick Dick would not have uh, been able to admit it in the class i saw kevin coon our friend kevin coon get turned away from registration at harding university he had to go get his haircut before he could come back (laughs) i digress yeah anyway so yeah so they do that they get signed up it becomes known that he is kind of disgraced in the bobsledding world a cheating scandal and yeah yeah yeah. and his former teammates have nothing to do with him except for one 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 has forgiven him for what he has done we later learn that he had waited a bobsled put some weights at the front of a bobsled so it would go faster and it was caught. But this one friend of his from back in the day agrees to, to give him a bobsled so that they can train. And this bobsled, I mean, it, it was literally put together with duct tape. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was uh rusty and I mean, it was, uh, I, I don't know. Did you do any research on how much of this movie was factual uh, in terms of none of it was factual. (laughs) I did. Absolutely. None of it was factual. Well, you know, the, in the movie, the United States lends them this bobsled, which they did. That was some like the United States did give the Jamaican team a bobsled, but I would hope that, our country would be kind enough to not give that crappy of a bobsled. I mean, this thing was a piece of crap. Uh, it, it was like a bobsled from 1924 or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And with the rest to prove it. But yeah, I, I was doing, I was curious. So I kind of looked up what percentage of this movie was true. And the <laughs> here, here is what is shared in common between real life and this movie. There was a Jamaican bobsled team. <laughs> Period. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I know. Because well, there, in the movie, I was going to say there, there wasn't ahead. there wasn't one coach like John Candy. There was no cheating yeah. scandal that he was coming back from. Uh, we'll, we'll get to the ending later, but a lot of that was enhanced, shall we say? But yeah, there was, uh, and, and the team was not comprised of former sprinters. It was that was just uh, another device that they made up. Yeah, and they make it sound like. You know, first of all, these Jamaicans had never even heard of bobsledding before, but also that like there was no one below the Mason Dixon line <laughs> that would have ever attempted to bobsled. Yeah. While in fact, even in the 88 Olympics, there were 
two-man bobsled teams from uh, other islands in the Caribbean. Oh. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. so, yeah. So, I mean, you know, apparently, and we'll get to this soon, but they were, you know, accepted and treated well by the other teams. But, you know, that doesn't make a good Hollywood movie. Yeah, so. you have to have a good villain in there. <laughs> I love the villain. Yeah. He's my favorite. I think he might be my favorite character in the whole movie. Well, you have to choose the right country. And I think, I, like... <laughs> In, ni- in 1987, East Germany, probably perfect. And even in like in 1993, like, like, yeah, we'll do East Germany. Do you think if this movie was remade today, would they make the United States, would the bad guy come from the United States? You know, I don't know. It, it's got to be like the Chinese. I bet you it would be somebody from China or something or Russia, you know? Yeah, Russia, Russia could work. It's just, it's like they're... I, like if you show another country being mean to somebody in a movie that could be seen as like, well, Hollywood's disrespecting another. Oh country, yeah, yeah. Which I don't think that was a problem in 1993. And so they may just make it like cocky Americans. Yeah. They might littling the, uh, the Jamaican team. But yeah, I, I think Russia, I think Russia is a good call though. Well, and so, you know, they show up to, to, practice basically and every every other team has like this gleaming beautiful painted bobsled and they come in with their jalopy and <laughs> no no uniforms they're literally wearing cross colors <laughs> and everybody's making fun of them but but like you said specifically the east germans and that east german dude I kept thinking, like, this is a grown man. (laughs) There's no way anybody would act like this. Yeah, yeah. I I hope you'll choose a clip um, of, like, some of his uh, Of the bar scenes are chock full of them. His taunts. Hey, Jamaica, keep it down. You're not owning this place. That's the other thing, too. This movie is, like, so tropey. Like, just trope after trope after trope and one of them is is the people who are late going to later be competing on the sports field or the you know i guess the uh track or whatever it is they meet at a public place and have a run-in there that that seems to always happen in sports movies and they even sort of spoof that to some degree in a movie that i'm looking forward to doing dodgeball but but yeah, yeah, it's like this guy is like just sports movie villain cliche after sports movie villain cliche. Yeah, but he was he played it well, yeah. and I loved yeah. him for it. Let's not skip over the fact that Darius is that his name? Yeah. Some people call he decides me <laughs> he decides he's going to take in some practice runs. He's going to watch the Swiss team, and he. He ends up having a little bit of a fetish for the Swiss team uh, <laughs> to the point where he, when he counts down to start pushing the sled, you know, of course the Swiss teams count down in German, Heinz five drive yeah. fear. And so he does that too. But it was funny because they are, he's literally at the top of the track watching the, <laughs> watching this team. <laughs> and they go into a slow motion pan from, Crank to helmet. <laughs> and I'm not talking. Well, I am talking about the old bobsled, but I'm not talking about the bobsled crank. 
Well, yeah, these and these guys, these Swiss bobsledders are wearing tight spandex, uh, and we're kind of. It's just another thing where, like, the movie moves so fast. Like this guy, two weeks ago, it seems like did not know what bobsledding is. Now he's in the Olympics, and now he's obsessed with this random country's team. This is strange. Yeah. I literally drooling yeah. <laughs> over there. Yeah. Yeah. And what's he drooling? Like, is he drooling at their dismount or, or whatever? I guess, I guess they're mounting. I think you said <laughs> they're mounting the flag. <laughs> like you said, what about the taut buttocks? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I sent you a text. That's, I think he was yeah. uh, admiring their taut buttocks. <laughs> It was so hilarious, but there were a couple of those scenes where they just kind of zoomed in close in slow motion to later on, they do it to the Jamaican team where they, they get good shots of their, their bobsleds. Well, and my question was why, for what, what are we doing? What are we doing this for? Well, and then like, so he's up there at the very top and they push off and they go down and literally like how much of them can you watch? Maybe (laughs) five seconds. (laughs) They're gone after that. That brings me to another point that I I wanted to mention. When they are in, I think this is when they're in Jamaica, John Candy has them training and he has them running a lot. Like they are like getting Mm -hmm. into great shape. Now, when you're on a bobsled team, how much are you running? What? three seconds before you jump in the sled. (laughs) He had him running marathons and ultimately it's like one, two, three, jump into the bobsled and then you're, you're and and you're probably wanting, you know, some pretty, (laughs) I can't believe I'm going to say this, some thick thighs, (laughs) you know, powerful (laughs) hamstrings that can push for three seconds, (laughs) which they're sprinters. They probably have that, you know, but yeah, uh, funny stuff. And let me just ask you in all of your years of watching the bobsled event, which <laughs> I, all my years, like, all my years, like let's add it all up three minutes <laughs> and three of those with this movie. <laughs> yeah. I say that like you're a bobsled expert, Yeah, but you know, I have, I've watched the Olympics, the winter Olympics since I think 88 was my first year to watch. I think I remember watching the summer Olympics in 84, but I do not remember watching the the uh, 84 winter Olympics. But I've watched the bobsled events, and I've always thought, what's the real danger right. here? It's just, it's just you're going down a track, and you know. but then you see some of those wrecks, and it's like, okay, there's real danger. But I was just wondering if you have ever thought, it doesn't look that hard. Well, judging by their training regimen, there's a lot of <laughs> leaning involved. You have to lean at the same time. Like they're training in the bathtub together. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it's, I'm, I'm sure it's much harder than it looks. If there is a bobsled, an Olympian bobsledder listening, uh, we are not trying to belittle (laughs) everything that you've accomplished in your life. But, but yeah, it, it, it does seem like, well, you know, yeah, you get a running start, you jump in a sled and then you go down a hill. I did that as a kid, you know, to, I will say getting in that, sled would be the hardest part yeah. i think now, i mean was the 88 olympics is that when herschel walker was on the u.s team 
I'm not sure. I think he was playing football by then. Well, no, he was. He was. He was a football player, but he was on the uh, U.S. bobsled team. Like he was? as a yeah. I'm I'm looking this up right now because I'm pretty sure. I have never heard that about Herschel. It, it may have even been like maybe it was after he played too. Hold up. So I will say the '88 Olympics is when Eddie the Eagle where he was in the ski jump and that will mm-hmm. also be a, a movie that we will watch. And I can remember Eddie, the Eagle being a big deal when I was 12, 13 years old, watching that in 1988. Oh, interesting. You know who introduced Herschel Walker to bobsledding? Leon? <laughs> no, not John Candy either. Willie Galt, VFL Willie Galt. Really? Yeah. Was he a bobsledder? <clears throat> No, well, I mean, maybe he did it for fun. I don't think he did it. Uh, <laughs> Is that a sport you do for fun? It's like golf. <laughs> okay. All right. So here it is. All right. While still an active NFL player, Walker competed in the 1992 Winter Olympics in Albertaville, France, as a member of the United States bobsleigh team. Originally selected for the four man team, he eventually competed as the brakeman or pusher in the two man competition. Walker and his teammate Brian Shimmer placed ninth. <laughs> Whoops. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. I, re- I j- Not bad for a non-bobsledder, though. Yeah, I remember that being a, a thing. And I'm sure there's probably people on the U.S. bobsled team that trained for years, and then all of a sudden, Herschel Walker's <laughs> like, hey, I think I'll do that, and he's at the front of the line. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's got big thighs. Yeah. They, yeah. Why do I know that? <laughs> yeah. You know who else would be a good bobsledder? Carl Malone, man. Have you ever seen his thighs? <laughs> I have spent less of my life paying attention to the <laughs> thickness of uh, athletes' thighs, but um, I, I'm glad you're keeping charts on it, though. Well, you know, back in the day, you know, they would wear those tiny shorts, and me and my friends would marvel at <laughs> Carl Malone. <laughs> Wait a second. Hold up. Nice. The mailman. Yeah. I'm, I'm picturing you. You have like a little, uh, a little notebook. That, there's little, uh, we did composition books that you keep the notes on. Well, I, I think it's, I think is the circumference is up to, uh, 70 inches now. I don't know. I'm making up a thigh uh, measurement. Uh, I'm, I'm going to send you a picture of Carl Malone's thighs. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> This is this has turned strange. <laughs> I can't find a good one. I need to go back I'm to assuming, my freshman year. And, and, and folks, these were just on Brad's phone. He's not Googling these. He just has them stored. <laughs> yes. Going through my photo catalog. Yeah, I can't find a good one, but trust me. Those, big thighs. Those thighs are thick, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, anyway, so. So strange. Like, what's happening? <laughs> But yeah, so he's he's falling in love with the Swiss team, and uh, <laughs> and by the way, yeah, he is falling in love seemingly with this uh, Swiss bobsled sled team. But he does have a girlfriend back home, right? That, <laughs> yes. that he just sort of leaves and they never mention again. I I didn't miss anything, did I? Well, no. But the other thing is, is they show them trying to raise money to get to Calgary. Yeah. And they show he and Sanka at a kissing booth for one dollar. Yeah. They're trying to raise like yeah. ten thousand dollars. I'm like, you're gonna have to kiss a lot of people, but <laughs> no, there's like for one dollar people on the island of Jamaica. 
And this, they show the first girl that he's kissing. And I mean, they're like straight up making out. Like, but next in line is his, is his girlfriend. And I was just thinking, man, I mean, like he's got a girlfriend and he is just enjoying yeah. this kiss yeah. to the fullest. <clears throat> oh, no. I don't know. Well, it, I, it was different. It was different in 88. Yeah. And they were also setting up a, um, three stooges esque joke where, yeah. It's it's Leon or whatever his name is. He is getting to make out with this beautiful girl and then his girlfriend comes in and says, "Hey, <laughs> hey buddy boy, like none of that." And so she kind of takes him by the ear and leads him away and so now Sanka is left there and he's like, "Oh, finally my turn." And he jumps in and of course the next person in line, they cut to her face. She smiles and has it's like a 70-year-old woman with no teeth. They used to always yeah. do that on the Three Stooges, like where yeah. Three Stooges would be dating women who are in a harem, and like <laughs> Curly would be stuck with the one who still had a face covering, and then at the end of the episode she would take it off, and like either her nose was gigantic or had a big wart on it, or she had missing yeah. teeth or something. Yeah, um, but yeah, so they they really don't. They they briefly show her again at the end when when they are actually competing in the Olympics in that little beach side bar. Oh, uh, so yeah. So she, yeah, she doesn't even come up there to like, you know, you would think that they would do that at the very end. Like she would be the first person to run onto the track and hug him or something. But yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't even like, like even her, their, their, their family, like his mom don't, don't come. There's one family member that does show up, but he's a, kind of a villain turned nice guy at the end. That's junior's dad. That's right. Yeah. Well, that that's another trope that they kind of shoehorn in. There had to be yeah. a disapproving parent who then, you know, shows <laughs> someone the, whose son is 25 years old, right? He's 25 years old and he's not going to work at some, uh, he's, financial he's firm. literally Balding. Yeah. I mean. yeah, yeah. He's he's got the like the uh the uh the LeBron James. Yeah, LeBron James balding, balding spot. Uh but yeah, that's another trope that always has to happen. Disapproving parent shows up, sees how committed the kid actually is to whatever it, it is that they were forbidden to do, and then the parent <laughs> comes around. They're like, Oh, I, I see what this is all about now. Well, you know, I was thinking about this as as we've watched these sports movies and I guess I never really thought about how really every single sports movie is a tale of inspiration. You know, mm-hmm. and there's not, I mean, I can't think of one that's not, and some do it well, some don't do it well. What's your take on, on besides all of the jokes that may fall flat, the inaccuracies historically, did you at least find this somewhat inspirational? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, I I will say this. I I watched this with my wife and at the end she cried, you know, tears, (laughs) you know, (laughs) real tears, tears, like, uh, but, uh, and she, yeah, she's not that good of an actress, but, but yeah, you know, they, they, they hit all the right, they press all the right buttons they kind of set it up and you know, the way that they end it, which was not historically accurate is they, they don't have them win it, which, you know, I, I applaud them for that. Yeah. Like that, you know, 
there was the the Jamaican bobsleds run in the Olympics did end with a crash, but they were not on, mm. they were never on the verge of winning the gold or anything like that or or setting yeah. some sort of world record. But this, you know, they they crash in this, and you know, it, I thought it was a nice touch where they all pick up the sled and carry it to the finish line and you know of course we have the obligatory slow clap slow clap i've ever seen in my life yeah and then the very karate kid-esque scenario when the east german guy who's been giving the jamaican bobsled team a hard time the the whole time uh comes up and says something to the effect of you're all right larusso you know what whatever this movie's version of that was yeah well and in reality keeping up with historical inaccuracies they did not lift the sled the people that ran onto the to the track to help ended up pushing the sled and the team members did walk behind it to the finish line. So, you know, still somewhat inspirational, but not as moving as picking up the sled, I guess, yeah. and carrying well, and it they, to the finish you know, line. They did, even though they were kind of like flying through a lot of plot points, they did establish that there was like disharmony on the team at first, you know, especially with Yule Brenner mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and like they were, Junior. yeah. And so they were able to sort of pay that off a little bit at the end with, uh, with them bonding together to, to accomplish what they set out to accomplish. Yeah. And I didn't mean to just jump to the end necessarily. Um, I don't know if you have anything that you want to fill in the gaps with, but like I said, I I didn't take notes for this one, so I don't have oh. <laughs> I don't have the greatest memory of what happened at every point. So I don't know if you have anything that you wanted to bring up. Well, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, I, I, like we've hit we've hit most of the most of the major things. I mean, you know, it's it is a it's a fine kind of vanilla milk toast sports movie is kind of was was my my take on it and you know it's it 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 gives you the ending that you kind of hope you would get out of it yeah you don't expect them to win the whole thing and if they had done that that would have been a you know pretty glaring problem but but they i think that they do handle except for them being this close to having a world record they could have probably done without that for the tension but but i, I thought it was a good way to show that they were at least competing in the Olympics and doing a you know fairly good job until the till the last turn. It was actually the last turn where they crashed and it wasn't because of a mechanical failure like the, the movie shows. They they chalked it up to driver inexperience. Oh, so yeah. that's also another another part that, I mean there were a ton of articles on what was wrong with this movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, each article had like 15 things. 
So did you happen to see who they were originally? I Maybe not originally, but they were in consideration to have play the coach. No. Kurt Russell. Oh, man. Yeah, he would play an Olympic coach later on in America. Yeah, we've got that on the list. Yeah, I'm looking, I, I have never seen that movie, so I'm actually looking for that. But, but yeah, Kurt Russell would have been interesting. I, I, you know, I know you have probably concocted some ranking system that we will get to, but do you know how I feel like for a John Candy movie, I mean, he's easily the most famous person in this movie. Yeah. I feel like we've talked about John Candy fairly little. Like it was he funny in this movie? Like to me, like when you compare this movie to Planes, Trains and Automobiles, Spaceballs, Uncle Buck, Who's Harry Crumb, it's you know, he's very underutilized in this movie. Like he is he's not really used for big laughs ever. They give the comedy role to Dougie Doug, Sanka Coffee. Yeah. You know, he's he's the one who is the comedic relief. And John Candy is is playing it pretty straight. I mean, he's got, you know, a couple of funny things like hitting the the helmet on Sanka a couple of times. He has the moment where he goes back and fights for the team at the Olympic committee and you know, they're waiting by the phone for the response because what we didn't talk about is his old coach is basically on this bobsledding committee and they keep changing the rules so that Jamaica can't be, be in the Olympics. And he goes back and fights for him and gives a stirring monologue in front of these guys. And we must also be concerned about the potential for embarrassment. Oh, forgive me. I didn't realize the four black guys in a bobsled could make you blush. Sure enough, they change their minds. But while they're waiting for the call, he gives the the old fake, you know, fake out of, okay, thank you. And then hangs up and the guys are all waiting for him. And he's shaking his head like, you know, there's no way they, they said no. And then he, he surprises them with the, we're in, yeah, you know. Yeah. And, you know, that was, I think, supposed to be played up for laughs, maybe. But, yeah, I, I, I guess they just kind of left him playing the straight man, really. Well, and I did read about this movie that when the script first started surfacing shortly after the 88 Olympics, like maybe it might have been like 89 or 90, it was written as a serious movie, like more of like a Rocky type movie. Mm. And... It wasn't working like no one could get it working as a as a serious movie. So then they they kind of shifted it to be more comedy. And John Candy was was attached to it. And there was that then there was, I guess, some talk of Kurt Russell being more right for the role. But John Candy insisted. And I'm doing I'm this is all kind of like shoddy Internet research, you know, Wikipedia uh-huh. stuff. But uh, um, John Candy really wanted to do it and insisted on it and even took a pay cut to be in this movie. And Interesting. I have no clue why. I don't know if he's just really loved the story that much, but yeah, he, he did not come in throwing his comedic fastball. It was, yeah, like, like we've said, he just kind of, he's the coach and he does some coaches coach ish things, but he's don't, don't expect Uncle Buck, John Candy. Get in your mouse. 
and get out of here. Yeah, so I guess I was thinking about this just a minute ago. So my memory of this movie was that A, it was hilarious, and B, it was incredibly inspiring. Like, it, <laughs> like it moved me. You know, I don't. I won't say it moved me to tears, yeah. but but it did. It stirred something in my soul. <laughs> what happens in twenty seven years that a it's not as funny? And I can remember thinking, oh, this is this is going to be great. John Candy is hilarious in this movie. Turns out he's not. But like, <laughs> what what happens there in twenty seven years of your memory of? Or just being the difference between being 17 and 44 or whatever. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. You've seen, you've seen a lot in between. And so the, the, probably the impact of everything is lessened to some degree just because you've, you've had a lot of input into your brain. Like you've seen a lot of MP, NBA players thighs. And so the, the thickness of Carl Malone's will not seem as potent as it once did because you've seen Barclay. I do pay attention <laughs> to those thighs. Yeah. No, but no, Kevin Garnett did not have big thighs. No, no. no I get, I get your, I totally get what you're saying. Cause I, I, I don't remember loving this movie as a 17 year old, but, but I, but I, I remember thinking like, Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, that was, that was pretty good, you know. All right, not the best John Candy movie, but I remember like just two nights ago when I watched it, I was thinking, man, that there are so many cliches in this movie, and it is just sort of hopping from plot point to plot point. It kind of seems like it's shoehorning things in. Like the you have the the Johnny Lawrence character is established, and they kind of shoehorn that in, and then you have the the Olympic committee, whatever, like, you know, that, which is, I would put a, that's akin to the, uh, the council in revenge of the nerds that votes against them or whatever, you know, like that's, <laughs> that's <laughs> she in there. Uh, yes. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Too. <laughs> yeah the, uh, <laughs> nerds. <laughs> Does that have a sports scene? Oh yeah, it does. Have a, it has a cycling race in it, so we'll have to. Talk well, about yeah, don't they have like some sort of like obstacle course or something? Yeah, like that yeah. It's, well, yeah, they do. They there's <laughs> there's like a a track and field day among the sororities and yeah. there's something like that. But and there's a burping contest. Oh, so, but the booger wins. But uh, but yeah, like oh, there's there's God. all these <laughs> there's all these like little. Things that they're like, oh yeah, we need this, we need this, we need this. Okay, yeah, it's a sports movie. Get it out the door. Yeah, well, I think that we're in store for a lot of those. <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably. Which will be fun. I have kind of come up with a, a few uh, ideas for a rating schedule, but they're all things that we kind of talked about, and I didn't know if you maybe had one in mind that was a little bit more obscure or something that we hadn't talked about. Oh gosh, man, I'm really unprepared for this. You think? Well, no, it's all right. I, I'll give you the three that I had written yeah. down. I had a rating scale of powdered wigs. <laughs> okay. I had nice. a rating scale of bobsleds uh-huh. and quotation marks. <laughs> right. Yeah. And the lucky eggs, lucky eggs. Okay. I will say the uh, 
What, what, what is it? Is it a bay? I guess like, what is it like a body of water that like uh junior's hairline? What, what are <laughs> <laughs> <An isthmus>. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jun- junior's hairline. Uh, that'll be our rating system. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That hairline, man. First of all, somehow I, I, I know that African-Americans can, or in this case, Jamaicans can, can do things with their hair that like I would not be able to do. Yeah. But his head comes to a point in the middle. Yeah. Well, it's like he, his hair. it's like he, his hair. it's like he tried to give himself a fresh Prince of Bel Air flat top, but he cut it like four inches too low. And so it like hits the top of his head. Uh, Gulf, yeah. Gulf of Mexico is what I was uh, trying to think a of. Gulf. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I thought maybe an isthmus. Uh, and yeah, th- that that one's better. Uh, well, you know, I, yeah. Well, I won't get into the complexities of the isthmus, but I'll refrain from doing that for, yeah. for this podcast. But yeah, okay, let's do that. Let's uh, Junior Bevel is his name. Junior Bevel's hairlines. Yeah. So yeah, let's uh, start with you. How many how many Junior Bevel's hairlines would you give it? Out of four, five. Out of five. Okay. <laughs> you never yeah, I'm gonna give this two. Junior bevel hairlines out of five, too too cliched, too too cliched, and not funny enough. I'll go two and a half. Ooh, <laughs> junior bevel hairlines, and I think that it's mostly just because of the um, sentimentality of it. I, I you know, gosh, twenty seven years is a long time. Yeah, and uh, it was it was fun when I was seventeen, and for whatever reason, I have not really watched a whole lot of John Candy movies in a long time, uh, except for like home alone where he has basically a, a cameo and because I have small children who, yeah. who love that movie. And, but I need to, I need to break out who's Harry Crumb and, <laughs> and check that out again. So yeah, I'll give it two and a half just for sentimentality reasons, I guess. All right. We will move on now to the next episode. So this is not the only, I, well, I'm, I'm curious to ask you this. This is, there's another John Candy movie that could be a sports movie that I'm curious if it's on our list. Which one is it? Brewster's Millions. So is that the one, so, correct me if I'm wrong, but the only thing that I remember that might have anything to speak and I may be mixing up my movies. Okay, was he a Cubs pitcher? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's. Um, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it's uh, a minor league baseball player has to spend thirty million dollars in thirty days in order to inherit. Oh man! And so yeah, at one point I think he buys the Cubs. Okay, but we can we can discuss. We can like do some uh, research and see if that because. The, it is not a sports movie in the sense that Cool Runnings is a sports movie. Um, yeah. But uh, John Candy is in it. Well, you know, we've got Teen Wolf in here. And and Teen Wolf has about five minutes of sports, you know, at right. the very end. <laughs> yeah. So our parameters are loosely based. Yeah. Yeah, we can definitely look at what we can include. I did notice as I was going through the list, you asked me one time if there were any documentaries and there is one, there is one documentary and it is hoop dreams, yeah. which I've never seen. Oh, I've never so seen that movie. 
Yeah. But it was so lauded that I felt like I had to put it in. Oh, but yeah. I ha- I've never seen that and I've never seen Basketball Diaries uh, with Leo DiCaprio. Mm-hmm. And I get those confused sometimes. <laughs> so, so I think I may have thought that Hoop Dreams was the Basketball Diaries when I was making this list. But yeah, that's on our list too. I did add a couple. I realized that our list did not have either the... 1975 version or the 2002 version of Rollerball. Oh. So I included those. <laughs> Did you ever see the 2002 version? I remember when it came out. Jimmy Fallon's in it, right? No, I don't think so. Is he? I thought he plays the. Um, I thought he plays like the coach or something. The 1975 version, I think, has. Oh, who's the dad in Elf? James Conn. Yeah. I think it's got James Conn in it. Okay, so... Are you thinking of Summer Catch? <laughs> <laughs> no. no, I'm sorry. I was thinking of Whip It. Oh, I don't I don't know if I have... Yeah, so Kristen Wiig is in yeah. it, and it is, it's about it's about a uh, roller derby league. Yeah. But yeah, okay, Drew, yeah. Drew Barrymore is in it, and uh, Juno, Ellen, Ellen Page. Ellen Page, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'll have to see if I have that in there. I'm not sure if I do. But anyways, we do have now with the two roller balls, we have 200 movies in our queue. All right. So let's see which one. Oh, let me ask you. Any, any, you already said, I know every, every episode you want either Karate Kid or Teen Wolf (laughs) or the fish that saved Pittsburgh. Yeah. We may stop doing this because, <laughs> you know, this is what I'm scared of, though. There are 5,000 boxing movies, and I've put a lot of them in here because they're s- significant. Yeah. But I'm not a boxing fan. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I'm afraid that we're going to get like we're gonna be stuck, five boxing movies. We're going to be stuck watching Digstown or whatever that is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of looking forward to Digstown. <laughs> And the Great White Height. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's amazing how many boxing movies there are. But in the interest of continuity, are you looking forward to a specific one? Well, I'm going to say this because I was, I was really sad that the basketball season, that the Tennessee Volunteers were denied the opportunity to rattle off 10 straight victories and be crowned national champions of the NCAA because of this whole coronavirus thing. So I'm going to say blue chips. I oh, I, was, I want to get my college basketball fixed by watching blue chips. I think I will go with, I watched a movie. I, I, I am a sucker for professional wrestling, although I don't watch it at all. Really. If I did start to watch it, I would get sucked into it immediately. <laughs> uh, but I, I was kind of into it around the summer of 2000 and I went to go see this movie that I thought was pretty funny. And I think that we might, we've talked about the possibility of having guest hosts uh, join us for specific movies that we know kind of fit to some of our friends uh, fortes. Mm -hmm. And there's a, there's a professional wrestling movie with David Arquette in it called ready, ready to rumble. Right. Yeah. And I'm I I would like to watch that again, and also have our friend Keith Dismuke join us for the conversation. I I wish he would have been um, here <laughs> for this one because we talked about thick thighs so much. 
Uh, yeah, that too. <laughs> He'll be thrilled to know that he was referenced. <laughs> I don't care. Okay, so we've got our random number generator, 1 through 200, and it comes up as... 45, which is Fast Break with Mr. Carter, I think. Welcome back, Carter. Not Carter. <laughs> fast Break. So it is a yeah. basketball movie. It is. Yeah, I think it, it is a 1979 movie with Gabe Kaplan. This is going to be amazing. <laughs> It is. I think I've seen this one. I'm pretty sure I've seen this one. Let me just see what it's... uh, Okay, here we go. This is the tagline. His dream team's got a preacher, a jailbird, a pool shark, a muscle man, and the best guy on the team is a girl. (laughs) Can't wait. Perfect. Perfect. And I'm looking at a uh, photo of him in his suit in a uh, wood-paneled gym. You can find that photo. Anyway, it looks amazing. Yeah, this is uh, this is going to be fun. So that does it for this week. Again, we do have a Twitter. What is it? <laughs> At podcast slow for now. Yeah, we may change that <laughs> so that it makes a little bit more sense. Um, podcast and, slow. Maybe that, if, maybe that maybe that should be the name. People are going to accurate. People are going to describe it that way. Like this podcast <laughs> is slow. He's right. Thank you for listening to Slow Pitch. See you. I don't care if I never get back. Let me root, root, root for the home team. If they don't win, it's a shame. For it's one, two, three strikes. You're out at the old ball.